0: Satcha. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah Jesus, hallelujah Jesus, hallelujah Jesus, hallelujah Jesus. Oh, you're a mighty God, you're a mighty God, you're a mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. masataya. Yeah. The Lord is here today. You came expecting you're gonna receive it today. The Lord is here today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have this recurring nightmare in my dreams where I get up here and my notes are all blank. And I'm just like, oh no. God's just going, speak. I'm like, I can't speak. I don't have my notes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is here today, we felt it, um, the pastoral team, we get together in the mornings and, and we started praying and God decided to show up, amen, 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 so glad we're here, so glad we have guests today, please join us in the rece- um, during here in the hallway, we'd love to get to know you and learn a little bit about you who you are, so you can explain who we are, Amen. It was supposed to be a family celebration, a time to rejoice as people came together to spend time as a family. He had sent his 15-year-old daughter to stay with his mom and dad, the safest place for his daughter at his grandparents' home. However, he did not know early the next morning one of the worst earthquakes to hit Turkey would take place, and the concrete apartment building where his parents lived and where his daughter was staying had been completely collapsed. He quickly left out to find his parents and his daughter. And when he arrived at the collapsed building, the uneasy feeling and the quick realization that this was not going to be a rescue, but a search for bodies. He came to the apartment and found devastation that had taken place. He noticed survivors were using makeshift shovels to remove debris and rock and twisted metal, looking for their loved ones. Some were praying to God, God, others sitting shocked by numb about what had happened. He quickly began removing what he could based on where his parents' apartment had been. Removing debris, he finally found a hand in the rubble. If I could put that image up. He found a hand in the rubble. She had died instantly, With the first quake happened in the early hours of the morning, still in her bed, dressed in her jammies. He searched for help to remove her lifeless body, But the emphasis was on survivors and not the deceased. So with his own tools, he spent the next three days in frigid cold weather to pull her body out of the rubble and the concrete and the twisted metal. At night, he would hold her hand and sit in the freezing cold. And during the day, he would continue to work to release her body from her concrete grave. A picture was taken during this time when a journalist saw a man holding the hand of a young girl. The picture would be shared thousands of times around the world, showing the devastation and the grief happening due to the earthquake. The adage that a picture contains a thousand words is what this picture epitomizes. And two words come to the surface of this picture. The grief of a father dealing with the loss of his daughter, and the other, the most potent feelings, regret. Regret of what could have been, of what should have been, or what had had been. Regret gives us the agonizing picture of different scenarios in our mind, the possibilities that were possible, and the choices we could have made. But alas, now it's too late. And we are not alone when it comes to regret. A common emotion and one we find very commonly in the scriptures. And we can see someone dealing with regret. In Luke twenty-two fifty-four, 54. Then they arrested Jesus and they led him away. And they brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. And when they had made a fire in the middle of the courtyard, he sat down together And Peter sat among them. Then a slave girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man was with him too. But Peter denied it. Woman, I don't know him. Then a little later, someone else saw him and said, You are one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after about an hour, still another insistent. Certainly, this man was with him because he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And at that moment, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. crowed, And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter was facing the emotion of regret. He told Jesus that he would never deny him. He would stick with him till the end. But Peter ate his own words as Jesus stared him in the eyes. I am sure that second day after Jesus' death, before the resurrection, his eyes were still haunting Peter. I always wondered what the disciples might have been feeling on that second day. When we read the story, we are aware of the resurrection happening on the third day. But what was going through the minds of the disciples on that second day? What were their thoughts going through? What was was the thoughts going through Peter's mind? I should have said yes. I should have been crucified next to him. I should have died with him. I should have freed him. I should have gotten a sword and mounted a rescue operation, brought him out of prison, and we go into hiding in the wilderness from the Romans and the Jewish leaders. That's what I should have done. These are the questions that come from this emotion called regret. They surface and they never leave your mind, calling into question all your actions or all your inactions. Your actions and your inactions. I'm talking about regret. Regret regret It's an emotion that even God deals with. And believe it or not, God has emotion. He has lots of emotion. Just read the scriptures. Genesis 6, 5-7. But the Lord saw the wickedness of humankind had become great on the earth, and every inclination of the thoughts of their minds was only on evil all the time. And the Lord regretted he had made humankind on the earth. And he was highly offended. So the Lord said, I will wipe out human man, uh, humankind, whom I have created from the face of the earth, everything. From mankind to animals, including creatures that move on the ground and birds of the air. For I regret that I have made them. Regret. What could have been. I don't imagine God's original plan had the fall in his mind. He knew it was going to happen. It was, but it wasn't his intention. He had something different planned for us. But again, we have choice. We have the freedom to choose, to make our own decisions. No one is mindless robots here. We all have to make this choice on our own. No matter how young or how old, we have to make that choice. Regret. What else could I have done differently? There's a book by a palliative nurse who worked in hospice. She spends her time with patients for about 3 to 12 weeks. Those of you who are familiar with hospice, you're, it's pretty much the last stage of life. You're, you're just waiting to pass away. And uh, there's no medicine or treatment that can save them. And whatever illness or disease comes, it eventually will, will take their life. And she spends time with these patients, and she learns about their life experiences. And so she decides to write a book about regrets of the dying. In it, there's five most common regrets from all the people she has, you know, come across. And there's five of them. The first one is the most common regret of all. When people realize their life is almost over, they look back clearly on it, and it's easy to see how many dreams have gone unfulfilled. And most people had not honored even half their dreams and had to die knowing it was due to their choices. Or not making those choices. That was a number one regret. Another regret was, I wish I hadn't worked so hard. That was a common one among the dying. They worked so hard; their their life so encaptured by their career and their job that now they are wondering what was the whole purpose of it. Number three, I wish I had the courage to express my feelings. Hiding their feelings, eventually allowing it to grow into resentment and bitterness. is something that they carried most of their life. Number four was, I wish I had stayed in touch with my friends. They got so caught up in their own life and in their own problems, they allowed close friendships to slip away. Which is so funny. In the world that we live in, with all the technology we have, we still let friendships slip away. Number five. I wish that I had let myself be happier, realizing happiness is a choice and everyone has the power to make. My happiness isn't tied to my spouse or my children or my family members. It's a choice I make. Because life gets so serious so fast as you grow older and allowing some humor in your life. When one of our one of our uh, four courses is play. So having that happiness, play, being not so serious, allowing humor. Regret, an emotion that will find us at the end of our lives. And when we are know the time is coming to an end, we start to reflect and wonder what could have been. What could have been. And to get a grasp of regret, to fully understand it, I think sometimes you have to look at somebody who has no regrets, somebody who lived their life to the fullest, and they were able to experience all that God has for them. 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is a very, very personal letter Paul writes. Now, Paul is in prison. He writes close to two thirds of the New Testament in his letters. And um, so he's writing this personal letter to Timothy, his son in the Lord. He has no kids. That we are aware of, but here is his son and the Lord Timothy. I solemnly charge you before God, Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom. It's kind of his, These are his last words as if from a prison cell. Preach the message. Be whether be ready, whether it is convenient or not. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and instructions. For there will come a time when people will not tolerate sound teaching. Instead, they will follow their own desires, and they will accumulate teachers for themselves because they have an insatiable curiosity to hear new things. They will turn away from hearing the truth, but on the other hand, they will turn aside to myths. You, however, be self-controlled in all things. Endure hardships. Do an evangelist's work. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as an offering, and the time for me to depart is at hand. I have completed well. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, the crown of righteousness is reserved for me. The Lord, the righteous judge, will award me in that day, and not to me only, but also to all who set their affection on his appearing, the trial had begun, his ministry somewhat validated, but Paul knew this would ultimately end in his death, and he wanted to see his good friend and son, the Lord Timothy, one more time this side of heaven. Paul was lonely. He had been deserted by good friend Demas and by most everyone else, and the rest of his inner circle had left to their respective ministries, doing what they were supposed to be doing. Only Luke remained with him. And what's amazing is his only regret is wanting to see his son in the Lord, Timothy, one last time before his eventual execution. I don't know if Timothy finally made it to him or if they were able to see each other one last time this side of heaven before he finished the race. But he kept the faith. He was delivered by God to heaven. And I completely hear no regrets in Paul's letter. And Paul had a quite a few things to be regretful for. All right, he, he persecuted That's that's a nice, clean way of putting it. We don't know what he did to the early church. He was advocate, bent on his destruction. And uh, he was a zealot upon zealot. But he doesn't bring that up in his letter. He says, I have no regret. I did everything God asked of me. I held nothing back. I can gladly go into heaven knowing I have done everything in my power. No regret. Not holding anything back. Wherever the Spirit took Paul, he followed no matter how foreign it was or how uncomfortable it was or what he had to give up in order to follow God. Because when you follow God and become a disciple, there are things you're going to have to give up. And that's hard. We don't like giving things up. We like to hold all our possessions whatever they are, and we like to just carry them with us. We don't want to give up on them because it's, I don't know, maybe it's comfort. Maybe it's something that brings us comfort. And God says you got to let it go. You have to let go of some things. If you want to follow my spirit, you got to, if you don't want to have regret, you got to have to let some things go. But the most common regret is what you have, it's not what you have done, it's what you have not done. It's the opportunities that we have missed. You regret what you could have done. And I'm not talking about sin or sinning. I wish I would have sinned more. That's not what I'm talking about. Anybody can sin. It's easy to do that. Living in a righteous life is more difficult. That's not what I'm talking about. It's opportunities God brings before us. And the doors open up and we decide not to take it. We just The door opens up and we just go ahead and do a beeline for the other side. And then God opens up another door. And then we just keep moving to the side. It's like we're kind of playing this this game. We're just kind of moving from door to door. We just don't want to enter the door. And God will go, okay, I got another door open for you. I got great things in store for you. And you just kind of just be like, oh, nope. I got all kinds of issues, Lord. Well, Paul had all kinds of issues. Trust me. You don't have more issues than that, man. You were killing people in the church, okay? How many of you have been committed of murder, all right? If you are, please don't raise your hand. But I, But don't say your baggage is too much. All right, that's, that's your pride coming, my dear brother and sister. You can go ahead and enter the door. It's your choice. Well, I, I, there's, see, there's other, other people. Okay, so if you decide to give power to other people instead of the Spirit of God and let them control you, you have the power. You have the choice. Everybody has the freedom of choice. I hate that my kids have a choice. I wish they didn't have a choice. But that's not how God works. Everybody has a choice. Everybody comes before God on their own and they come on their own volition. Do we enter the door? What is God calling you to do? And what do you have to give up in order to do it? Nothing is free. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Someone's paying for it. There's always a cost, but what you gain in return. Don't focus on giving up. See what you're getting. I'll be honest with you. We're a spirit-filled church. You probably didn't know that, but we are. We believe the spirit is alive, and it moves. And I'll be honest with you. The spirit scares me because I can't control it. It has a mind of its own. I'm like, no, Lord, I don't think we can do that. God says, who said that? I'm the spirit. And the spirit just moves. And I just have to submit and yield to the spirit. Whatever it calls me to do. No matter how outrageous it seems, no matter how crazy it seems, it doesn't make any sense, God. I need to understand. I'm a facts kind of guy. I'm a control freak. I am a control freak. You guys don't know this. I'm a silent control freak. There's a difference. Some people are loud about their control freakness. I'm just quiet about it. I'm a lot more slick about it, okay? I, I cover it up in, in good intentions. But at the end of the day, I'm a control freak, And God goes, you can't control me. You can't control the spirit. What is God calling you to do? Where is God calling you to grow? What aspect of your life do you have to shift in order to make that happen? Let's not leave anything on the table. You're having a hard time letting go of some things. I don't want to live a life of regret wondering what could have been done differently. I want to live a life and saying I've done everything. No matter how crazy it seemed. Are you willing that let the Spirit, let me rephrase it this way, are you going to listen to the Spirit? Because the Spirit's been talking since you've come here. God's been moving since you've walked into this alteratorium. He's been talking to each and every one of you. I don't know what that is. I don't control the spirit. I don't know what he wants from you. You know he knows. What is he calling you to do? Is it a deeper commitment to him? We're talking about moving the dial about making a deeper commitment and a calling to God. Where is he calling you to serve? Maybe it's getting filled with the spirit of God, speaking with other tongues. Will you allow yourself to be filled by his presence? Talk about being freaked out about that. Having something come live inside of you. But it's got to be done. You have to yield to it. The Spirit of God is at work. I don't control the Spirit. I didn't write the Scriptures. I have to submit myself to the Scriptures. Sometimes I don't want to. But I have to. That's the difference. Are we going to listen to the Spirit of God? No matter how crazy it seems. Are we going to take the step forward, allowing God to fill you with His Spirit? Or are we going to hold on to pass hurts, legitimate and illegitimate. I'm not saying you weren't hurt. I'm not saying you don't have your own baggage, but you can't keep carrying your baggage. Are you willing to let go of some things to embrace what God has for you? Or are we going to live a life of regret? I think that man who was all about his daughter. Yes, I'm sure he had regrets about her passing. But he spent three days to pull her out. And he had no regrets about that. You have to give her your all. If The music could come. God is at work. God is moving. Are you willing to submit to his spirit? Don't let regret be part of of that emotion you feel, wondering what could have been. I wish I would have taken more risk. That's, a, that's an answer that all those who are, fall, you know, who, are, who are dying, that's one of their things, that's the most common one. I wish I would have done more. I would have taken more risks. Trust me, there's nothing more risky than serving the Lord because you have to let go of control. But he takes care of you. He's faithful. He has the best intentions for you. His purpose was for you to live a life abundantly. And the world was broken. Were we willing to let go of some things? What is God calling you to do? What is he telling me to do, preacher? I have no idea. I'm not the Spirit. He's talking to each and every one of you. He's been talking to you since you walked in here. Are you going to listen? I don't want to yield. You're going to have to yield to the Spirit. And trust me, it's hard. What are you willing to let go of? What if it's too much in your mind? I like holding on to my stuff. God says, I got something better. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I was, I was talking, um, we're looking at um, Bible quizzing, it's something we do here at this church what is Bible quizzing? It's you learn verses and you memorize. One of the benefits of Bible quizzing is you talk about the word of God to your kids and you start explaining it. And the awesome thing is when you have, you don't have a question, you're like, you know what? Let me get back to you because I have no clue what that verse means. <laughs> you don't know all the answers? Who does? But it's a great way to just talk to kids. And, and I'm talking to my daughter and she we're going over about how we're all inheritors of God. And we get to inherit his promises in Galatians. And she asked a very, very good question. What in the world is inheritance? And I said, that's a good question because you probably have no clue what that means. And I said, if something were to happen to me and your mom, you would get this house. This is your inheritance. And I felt the Lord just kind of nudge me a little bit. He goes, this is it. Tell her about me. And I said, but there's something more valuable than what I can give you here. See, you see this house and you see my minor assets that I have, whatever they are. They're all yours, but there's something more valuable that you're going to go ahead and grasp. You're going to know who God is. Because when I'm long gone and your mother is no longer there, you will know who to call out. When there is trouble, when your life doesn't make sense, you'll talk to God. I'm ready to yield now. All right, I didn't listen to my dad because I didn't think he knew a word worth thing. But now I understand. I need God in my life. You got something more valuable. You have no clue the value that you have. You don't have no clue how important it is and what you're learning. But you will one day. Listen to the Spirit. Now, if I get to my end of life and my kids realize that, I have no regrets. If they realize how important God is, that's it. I don't care how many churches we make. I don't care how many people we reach. If my family doesn't understand who God is, and I failed in some ways, but I pray one day all those words and all those things that i've talked to them and the examples will come right back and they'll understand this is important this is my inheritance why do we stand thank you jesus regret we should not live with regret. thank you jesus thank you jesus thank you jesus you know, it's so funny when Jesus came out of the tomb, the first person he was asking for was where's Peter? I'm sure Peter was thinking, "Oh, I've just abandoned the Lord." It's okay to abandon the Lord. Peter, you have good company. Peter abandoned the Lord all the time. But guess what Jesus did? He said, "Where's Peter?" I want to see Peter. God understands. It's amazing what Peter did with his life. It's just a setback. That's all it is. Don't take it so personally. Life gives you all kinds of setbacks. The key is to be faithful. Is to stay consistent. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You read the scriptures, all you see are broken lives. These disciples are all messed up but God still worked through them. What is the Spirit calling you to do? We are a whole body ministry here. There is a head here. His name is Jesus. What do you believe, Arash? You know what? Let's go to the scriptures because it's not what I believe. It's what God says. I don't... These aren't my opinions. This is Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, God, you've been speaking to us since we walked here this morning, God. I don't want to live a life of regret. I don't want to get to the end of my life and wonder what could have been. Because I was either too scared, too nervous, Lord, Whatever it might be, God Maybe I was distracted God, what are you calling me to do? And What do I need to give up to do it? Hallelujah, hallelujah Because I want to get to the end of my life, God And have no regret. Hallelujah, Jesus Hallelujah, Jesus Hallelujah, Jesus Oh, I want to say I kept the faith, God I want to say I ended well, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. No matter what comes my way, Lord, I pray that I keep a right spirit. Let me not get bitter, God. Let me not get resentful, because I hide my emotions, Jesus. Let me bring them to you, and you heal me, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I invite you down to these altars hallelujah 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 jesus hallelujah jesus oh let your spirit move god i don't control it this isn't my church this is your church god oh god what do i have to give up god what do i have to let go of jesus Do I need to let go, oh, God? Ya la 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Please, God, let me end well, God. You've been speaking to me, God. I'm just too afraid. Maybe it's getting baptized in his precious name, in Jesus' name. Maybe it's allowing the spirit of God to live inside of me as the spirit gives utterance, speaking with other tongues. Maybe, God, you want me to make a deeper commitment, Lord. God, I need you, Jesus. Oh, you're at work, Jesus. You're at work, Lord. Oh, la 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 you, Jesus. la 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 la